I guess you didn't think you'd hear our voices again. <laughs> welcome Man. back. Welcome back, guys. Episode 44 of the Rooted in Logos podcast. I'm Brad. I'm joined, as always, by the one, the only, the one who causes beard envy across the globe, Austin. Austin, how you doing, buddy? I'm good. I am... You know what? No. We've, uh, we've talked about this, where it's like, whenever you ask somebody that, <clears throat> and they're just like, yeah, I'm, I'm good. I'm okay. I'm struggling. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. struggling. It's been a rough month and i am good as in the fact of i i trust the lord i know that he is working all things out for good i don't know if that will be the good that i want but well and you know we normally spend the first 15 20 minutes just kind of chit-chatting here today or before we record and you know kind of going through what we're going to talk about and just kind of just a little general update on life and because normally we get to talk throughout the week and we get to really hang out some and and just have good conversations at the week. But uh, today we didn't get or we haven't got to do that in a while. Just no. with different illnesses and different things going on, and I missed you. <laughs> yeah, we haven't been able to talk in you know weeks. Missed the family and and uh, so we spent the first hour tonight just <laughs> yeah. kind of talking and commiserating a little bit together and and. Uh, so it got pretty heavy there for a few minutes and, and I don't feel comfortable with that. So I want to, uh, kind of talk about a couple things really fast and we're going to dive into the second part of (laughs) Romans 11. If you don't remember what we talked about three weeks ago, Romans 11, we did the first 24 verses. Mm -hmm. We're going to finish those and we're going to do Romans 12 because Romans 12 is a little shorter. Go back and listen to the Romans 11 as a refresher just to kind of see where we left off and and jump back in or don't. I can't tell you what to do. Uh, it's up to you. If you want to know what we're talking about. Yeah, if you don't remember, yeah, yeah. Uh, feel free refresher. to do so. Go refresh yourself on Romans uh, chapter 11, episode 43. But so, a couple things. First, I just want to say, Simon mentioned this when he was on last time, that I am having just a phenomenal sports year, all right? The Braves won the World Series for the first time in 26 years. I wore my new hoodie that I got for Christmas. Shout out, Grandma, for getting me that. Um <laughs> Wore that to work today. Was all excited to to have my Braves hoodie because it hasn't been cold enough to wear it. Uh, That's true. Since before Christmas, so the Green Bay Packers, my favorite NFL team, just locked up the number one overall seed. They might end up in the Super Bowl. It looks pretty good. Hey. Uh, they have you know the super the road to the Super Bowl goes through Green Bay this year. Go Aaron um, Rodgers. Yeah, Aaron Rodgers. Hey, all right, I got you, that. You one. got it. <laughs> uh, Kentucky basketball has just destroyed their last four opponents by i think i think i read the stat today it was a total of a hundred and they've won their last four games by a total margin of 126 that is over 30 points a game that they're beating their opponents by and they're not beating i mean granted they beat high point that's not a great team but they they beat some good teams by 35 and by 29 and and so i'm enjoying that so like there's a good chance they'll make a nice little run in march if they stay healthy and they stay as hot as they are so sports are going so well I'm enjoying that. And then we had Christmas. Austin, how was your how was your family's Christmas? Uh, obviously a little different I think this year, <laughs> but uh you know, overall how did it how did it go? Well, my family's alive. Uh <laughs> we are very grateful for that. Yes. Now, we we were sick. We were sick through the whole Christmas part and it was it was rough, but uh my wife and I we I think we we put Christmas together pretty well for the kids, so I think they enjoyed it pretty well. Good. But yeah, how about you? It was very good. It was relaxing. I went, uh, you know, I have separate families, so I go to different houses each year, and it was great because I went to my grandparents' house here in Indiana, and I get out of the car, and everyone's sitting on the front porch. I'm like, this is not Christmas. It should degrees. not be that warm, but it's awesome. Yeah. Um, it was a lot of good time with family. You good. know, we got, we. I got to, I, I love giving gifts. Mm. Don't get me wrong, I like getting them, but I love giving gifts. And so I probably spent too much money. Uh, on on everyone this year, you did, but I had so much fun just <laughs> watching everyone because most of the stuff I got people like people don't tell me what they want. They're like, hey, yeah. give me a list, and they're like, meh, just whatever. I'm like, that's not doesn't help me at all. <laughs> yeah. So I go off book and off script, and I just get what I think they like, and nine times out of ten works pretty well. <laughs> it worked really well. So, it did. <laughs> um, so I had a lot of fun doing that. So I wanted to start to a little bit of levity, a little bit of lightheartedness, and. Ask a question to you, Austin, and I'll answer as well, that I was going to ask on our Christmas episode that we unfortunately didn't get to do. Yeah. Top three to five Christmas movies. What are your mm. go-to Christmas movies? I know, yes, it's it's January. I get it. It's fine. Christmas is over. People's trees are still up, guys. Mine's My, not. Mine's up. Yeah. His is up. Look, 
I told a friend of mine, I said, look, if I don't take it down when I have that itch to take it down, it will be up till March. <laughs> so I took it down already, but we don't care. Uh, I understand it's January, but we didn't get to talk about this. So we're going to talk about it today just for a couple minutes. Well, Favorite I, Christmas movies. I was excited to do the Christmas episode, looking at yeah. you know Santa versus no Santa versus should we celebrate Christmas on December 25th or not. Maybe we'll do a crazy episode in July. <laughs> Christmas in July episode. That'll be fun. Yeah, yeah. But so, okay. So <clears throat> two or three Christmas movies, go-tos. Mine are pretty generic, but see see what you got. Number one, definitely uh, one of, oh, goodness, I can't even remember his name now. Buddy the Elf. 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 What's Will Ferrell. Will Ferrell. I, not a big Will Ferrell fan, but. Not surprising. It's, <laughs> but it, it's. It's a pretty decent, it's a clean, pretty clean movie. Uh, my kids loved it. Yeah. They loved it. Um, we, I mean, we watched it last year. They didn't really remember it much, but we watched it again this year and they really liked it. Yeah. Um, so many great quotable lines it in is. that movie. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, well, it was casted really well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I liked you, it. You don't, you don't smell like Santa. <laughs> you smell like meat smell and cheese. Like meat and cheese. <laughs> Santa! <laughs> Sorry. Oh. <laughs> Anyway. Perk Dexter's ear up. Well, hey, buddy. <laughs> so that is one of my top three, for sure, is Elf. It, it's right there in there. It, it's just a classic. Yeah. I remember yeah. seeing it in theaters when I was a kid when it came out. I don't know how old I was. I was probably a teenager, I think, when it came out. Yeah. I don't remember what year it was. Um, Early 2000s. Yeah. yeah. It's probably a teenager. It cracked up the whole time. And I still do. I'm still a child when I watch that yeah. movie. I still crack up because there are so many funny one-liners. That is my type of humor, that kind of one-line, quick wit sarcasm yeah that's my humor so i enjoy uh i enjoy will ferrell when he's in those roles yeah uh when he's not super vulgar <laughs> which well, is it, pretty much all the other ones my, he's in. like the really the only two will ferrell movies i like is elf and megamind oh megamind i always forget about that one yep great movie great movie yeah very funny it's not, not christmas but it's fine no it's fine. all right so all right so elf elf we both have that what's, <clears throat> what's your next one two is i i think it's a lesser known one so jingle all the way Arnold Schwarzenegger Arnold and Schwarzenegger. Sinbad. Yep. Yep. Ah, Turbo Man. Turbo Man. What, what was his catchphrase? Um, it's Turbo Time. That, that's very simple. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Ta-ta, Turbo Man. Yeah. So I uh, let the kids watch that one this year, too. And I, they were they're like, ah, it's okay. Oh, it, it's a classic. That was my childhood. Um, it was. I remember watching that as a kid and thinking it was brilliant. I watched it as I was older. I was like, wow, this, this is, is super hokey. It's fine. Terrible acting in this movie. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it a rare cameo from the big show, the, the wrestler, the big show, WWE big show. He was the big Santa that fought Arnold Schwarzenegger in really? the Santa oh, Factory. Didn't that was the big that show. One. Yeah. Huh. Um, look him up. He's huge. So I don't know if I'd put that in my top three. It, okay. it might be top ten if I if I could think of Makes ten sense. Christmas movies. To yeah, be honest, I don't even know if yeah. I can. Another one, very generic, very cliche Christmas Vacation uh-huh. with Chevy Chase. It's one of the National Lampoon movies. That sounds familiar. I don't know if I've ever oh, seen it. Oh, it, it's hysterical, okay. absolutely hysterical. Yeah, you know, great quotable lines again. That uh, some of which I will not say on this podcast just because they're not appropriate. PG thirteen, so it's not like outrageous, not crazy. It's, yeah, uh, it's what your tolerance, whatever your tolerance level is. Unfortunately, mine's pretty high. It probably shouldn't be. Well, that's a different discussion for a different day. But that'll be a topic in its own. Let me <laughs> let me write that down in yeah. my uh, notebook. <laughs> Please don't. Um, no. So, uh, my my favorite line, honestly, is probably the "Why is the carpet all wet, Todd? I don't know, Margo." Great line. Again, if you haven't seen it, you don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I'm out. That is now on the list of movies you have to watch, even not at cool, Christmas cool, time. Cool, cool, cool. It's cool, hysterical. Cool, cool. All right, number three. All right, number three. So I'm going to go classic, but it's tied. It's either It's a Wonderful Life or uh, White Christmas with Bing Crosby. We <laughs> only watched about half of White Christmas, and we never got to It's a Wonderful Life this year. So, okay. Yeah. Anyway. I, I don't know if I have a third one, if really? I'm being honest. I'm, You know, uh, as much as I like movies, I don't. I can't always think of Christmas movies. I associate the Harry Potter films with Christmas, I think because they usually came out around that time, hmm. if I remember right, that they did. And so they might be in my list just because I kind of think of Christmas. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. Cool. I, I, I don't know. this. You know what? I do like the Santa Claus. The Santa Claus. The first one. Tim Allen. The first one was, I think, great. Yep. Other two were, eh. The third one was actually pretty bad, I thought. But uh, the second one was okay. But the, the first Santa Claus, I'll put that as my third. 
because I, I for, kind of forgot about that. that. Really good one. Oh yeah. Um, Bernard the elf was great character. Um, I agree. The pompous uh, psychiatrist. You know, he was a good actor because you just really don't like him Wait. throughout the movie. Okay, Bernard was top elf. Yes. And the psychiatrist was the stepdad. stepdad. Yeah. Yeah. Super funny. Always wore the ugly sweaters. Terrible sweaters. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, and he, he was such a good actor. I always like to judge the, the actor by how they play a villain. Because okay. if, if they play a villain and you just loathe that person throughout the movie, that means they're a good actor. They've done what they're supposed to do oh, yeah. to, to make you dislike them. And I thought he did a great job because I, as a kid especially, did not like that guy. Oh, yeah. Stealing sure. Christmas magic. He's the worst. <laughs> Always thinking about things logically and, oh, yeah. you know. But uh, no, Santa Claus is a great movie if you're into that sort of thing. <laughs> True. See, yeah. I've always thought of Tim Allen as Santa Claus. Like, he was Santa Claus. That's it. Yeah. Until I saw Kurt Russell as Santa Claus. What was he? What, which one so did he it, do? There, it's Netflix. Has There's two of them. It's uh, Christmas Chronicles. Oh, that's right. I remember yep. seeing Kurt Russell previews for as that. Santa Claus. I, I, don't, I don't know, man. It's either Tim Allen or Kurt Russell. It it's it's up in the air. So that, that similar to the Batman debate. Who who's your Batman? I'm not even going to get into that one. Yeah, <laughs> it's definitely not Ben Affleck. Nope. Although, I, did, I, you, did you see previews for the new one? This is totally off subject. I don't care. Oh, what's his name? Robert Pattinson. Robert Pattinson. Twi- he, Twilight Batman. He looks pretty legit. He does look kind of legit. The movie looks good. So getting off topic. Getting off topic. Hey, honestly, my favorite Batman. I think his name's Will Arnett. <laughs> yeah, Lego, Lego Batman. Batman. Oh yeah, he's the best. <laughs> For so sure. melodramatic. Anyway, <laughs> I don't know. Today, I just felt like we needed to kind of needed some levity. lighten the mood a little bit, yeah. just for our own benefit, not even for yours. This was all a therapy session for, for the two of us, um, just to kind of, <laughs> you know, kind of decompress a little and have a little fun and and dive into the second half or the last half of Romans eleven, Romans chapter twelve. Let's dive into that real quick. So I'm going to go ahead and start Romans 11. We're going to do verses 25 through 36, which is the end of the chapter. Um, The heading I have here is the mystery of Israel's salvation. Uh, It says, Lest you be wise in your own sight, I do not want you to be unaware of this mystery, brothers. A partial hardening has come upon Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles has come in. And in this way, all Israel will be saved. As it is written, the deliverer will come from Zion. He will banish ungodliness from Jacob. This will be my covenant with them when I take away their sins. As regards to the gospel, they are enemies for your sake. But as regards to election, they are beloved for the sake of their forefathers. For the gifts and the calling of God are irrevocable. For just as you were at one time disobedient to God, but now have received mercy because of their disobedience, so they too now have been disobedient in order that by the mercy shown to you, they may also now receive mercy. For God has consigned all to disobedience that he may have mercy on all. Oh, the depth of the riches and wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and how inscrutable his ways. For who has known the mind of the Lord or who has been his counselor or who has given a gift to him that he might be repaid? For from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be glory forever. Amen. Amen. So the reason why we stopped a few weeks ago with verse 24 is because this last chunk of Romans 11, there's a lot in there. It's a kind of meaty little section, and we just wanted to make sure we did we did it justice yeah. and, and we're able to spend time on it and not be rushed to get through it. And so that's why we broke it up, because it, it, is, it is an intense chapter section of, of the passage here. So <laughs> uh, just 25 through 27, I'll reread it just so you can kind of have it fresh in your minds. Lest you be wise in your own sight, I do not want you to be unaware of this mystery, brothers. A partial hardening has come upon Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles has come in. And in this way, all Israel will be saved, as it is written, the deliverer will come from Zion, he will banish ungodliness from Jacob, and this will be my covenant with them when I take away their sin. Yep. So Austin, get us started here. Like what when you just kind of look at this and you just kind of see it on a on the surface. Yep. That's what you gotta do. And again, as you're reading scripture, one, whenever you're reading, you you need to be on your face and you'd be praying, Lord, give me your understanding and not my own. And and that's what Brad and I, we do every time before we we open scripture. We're like, Lord, give us your understanding. And as you're reading it, you got to take it at face value at first, and then you can start digging into other scriptures here and there. So like number 25, 
or verse 25, lest you be wise in your own sight. I do not want you to be unaware of this mystery, brothers. So it's been a constant theme throughout many of Paul's letters of don't be haughty. Don't think yourself more important than you are. One, with those who are new into the faith, but have a lot of knowledge, that is very easy to get haughty and to think yourself wiser than you are. Right. Which we're going to get into in chapter 12 a decent amount. Yes. And so he's saying, do not think yourself bigger than you are. Kind of basically chill out. And I do not want you to be unaware of this mystery, brothers. So it's a mystery. Uh, Basically something that has not been presented or they did not have the understanding of until now. And that mystery being, a partial hardening has come upon Israel. So looking just in scripture, looking at Pharaoh, um, in Romans, we've talked about Pharaoh, how God hardened Pharaoh's heart. It was purposeful. Why? Because God wanted to show his justice. He wanted to show his power and he wanted to show his mercy through the, the exodus of his people. And then looking at this, God hardened. God did. This, this wasn't Israel hardened their own hearts. God hardened Israel as not necessarily whole. As, as we get further, we'll talk about that too, because we know that God always keeps a remnant. Mm-hmm. He always keeps a chosen select few out of Israel that will not turn their back on him. Looking back in the previous chapter, in chapter 10, God was talking about Elijah. During the time of Elijah, God said, I have kept 7,000 men that have not turned their heart against me, and they are still following me. And no matter what time and period Israel is in the course of history, God has always kept a remnant, and uh, even now. And that those are the, the basically what I, I call as completed Jews uh, as, as of today. They are Jews that have accepted the gospel. They've accepted Jesus as who he truly is, and that is the remnant. So a partial hardening has come upon Israel. That's not all of Israel. Right. That is most of it, and then he's kept his it's select. partial in the fact that not every Jew is going to reject Christ. Yes. And not every Jew is going to have their hearts hardened permanently. So I do think partial can also mean, on top of that, it's partial in duration. Yes. It's partial until something happens, and that something mm-hmm. is the fullness of the Gentiles has come in. So it's a... The, one of the things I've read here, it says, it'll persist until the fullness of the Gentiles has arrived... And it could mean, and one of the theories that it could mean, is the full number of non-Jews that God appointed to be saved. And, and you look, look back to Acts 13, uh, verse 48 for that one, which let's read that real quick. When the Gentiles heard of this, they began rejoicing and glorifying the word of the Lord, and as many as were appointed to eternal life believed. So that could be what Paul's referring to here as well. Not only is it only some of the Jews are going to harden their hearts fully to God and Christ and, and not choose him or not be appointed to choose him, however you look at it, yeah. honestly, I mean, let, let's, you know, let's be honest, there's two ways to look at this, mm-hmm. that those who are hardened to him and those who are going to then have their hearts softened to, to Christ, that will happen at the appointed time yes. when the Gentiles are now able to come in and be appointed their salvation as well, or choose Christ themselves, again, depending on which way you look at it. Right. Well, yeah, so, yeah, until the fullness of the Gentiles has come. So, until refers to the specific point in time. Fullness refers to completion and has come in. It's translated as a Greek verb often used to speak of coming to salvation. Uh, Matthew 5.20, Mark 9.43, so on and so forth. Israel's spiritual hardening, which began with rejecting Jesus as Messiah, will last until the complete number of elect Gentiles has come to salvation. And again, that's a hard topic to look at, thinking that God has selected a a remnant of both Jews of Israel and of Gentiles who will enter the kingdom of heaven. And again, looking at it on both sides, really, we we don't know. We don't. And I I would beg to differ and to challenge the subject of anyone who says they know, they don't. Um, Because this is such a hard topic, hard topic that we our minds can't even comprehend. We we've yeah. talked about it in previous episodes, but yeah, as as we get deeper, we'll we'll get deeper into what we're talking about. So this next verse, <laughs> verse twenty six, <laughs> and yeah. in this way, all Israel will be saved. So is what that referring in the world to does that mean all of it? Yeah, it's like okay, going back to that question of okay, 
are all Jews going to heaven or are they not? And looking at the previous few verses, it's like, well, no, not all will be. But then this one says all will be saved. It's I like, mean, okay. Yeah, it is It is clear throughout the rest of, of Romans and Paul's writings in general that he does not believe that every single Israelite will be saved just because they're an Israelite, just because they're Jewish. Yeah. Like, it's not, it's not what he believes. That's not what he's saying here. So I do think there is some debate on what this means. Let me give you just a couple real quick, and Austin, you can chime in. You know, I, again, I just don't think there's evidence that says that Paul thinks all well, Jews look, are going to be safe. There's no evidence the for that. previous chapters. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Look at everything he's written beforehand and even after and in other, uh, other books. So there's a couple of things here. One, he could be thinking of a time to come when large numbers of Jews will awaken to faith in Jesus as, as the promised Messiah. This cannot be ruled out, especially since the gospel message certainly holds to this potential. It is also possible that he's using Israel to include both true Jews since Abraham, who like Abraham through faith, no circumcision of the heart by the Spirit, not the letter, and Gentiles who have become children of Abraham through faith in Jesus Christ. So that would be, you know, for the Jews, it'd be people like Paul and the other apostles, Timothy, an example of some of the Gentiles that were adopted into the Jewish faith through Christ would be like the Roman centurion at the cross, the thief on the cross, all the others that, that... in Acts that we just read in Acts chapter 14, the Gentiles, or 13, sorry, that the Gentiles that were all saved, that that could be the word Israel being used there in that way. Yeah. We're talking about the new, the new Israel. Yeah. So I think <clears throat> either interpretation, I think both of those, I think there's some validity to both of them. I just don't think there's validity to all Jews will be saved. Right. Well, and, it, and again, it I doesn't think this is say where, all Jews. Right. Yeah. I think this is where the English language kind of leaves a little bit to be desired right? Well, in this translation. It, uh, yeah, so pulling on that thread a little bit, looking at Israel, not Israel as all of the Jewish people. It is all of Israel as in God's chosen, as in God's elect. So looking at all Israel, it's all the elect Jewish people alive at the end, basically. Uh, believe in the remnant of Jews within the church during this church age. Uh, since the remnant has already embraced the truth of the gospel, it could not be in view here since it is no longer it no longer needs the salvation this verse promises. So looking at previous the previous chapter where it's talking about the olive tree, the the branches that die off, that are pruned off, and we as the Gentiles are grafted into the olive tree. The olive tree is Israel. The roots are God. God, Jesus, they support the tree. They grow the tree, which is Israel. We've been grafted in the church. And I, I think Israel and the church are one and the same. Um, again, not wanting to take away anything like Paul has said in previous chapters, where Israel, they were the ones that they received the covenant. They their Their fathers were the patriarchs. They received the law. So not taking away the importance of the the true the Jewish people the the Israel um, the Israelis I guess you could say, <clears throat> but as we've been grafted in we're a part of that and it it's hard to think that there are those who have been chosen who have been elected to be a part of it and those who God hardened their heart and they may not be there right which. And again, we don't know, because and that's <laughs> that is so deep. The rest of verse 26 and verse 27 actually kind of point point to that idea that it's talking about Israel as in Israel as it is now. The mm-hmm. ones with us as Gentiles grafted in, those who have put their faith in Christ as the promised Messiah, those who will inherit the eternal life. The reason why I think that happens is because these verses that he's quoting from the Old Testament here come out of Jeremiah. Isaiah. All right. Huh? Isaiah. Verse 26 27. Isaiah 59, 20, 21. Oh, I, was, I have Isaiah, uh, Jeremiah 31, 33 and 34. Ooh. Right, let's look it up. I'll go Isaiah, you go Jeremiah. So Isaiah 59, 20, 21. And a redeemer will come to Zion to those in Jacob who turn from transgressions, declares the Lord. What does Jeremiah say? Behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and the house of Judah, not like the covenant that I made with the fathers, with their fathers in the day when I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt to my covenant that they broke, though I was their husband, declares the Lord. So we're both right. That's weird. I think we're both right. Okay, Lord. All right. We're <laughs> trusting you. Yeah. 
That's a, that's <clears throat> kind of incredible. That is that is cool. Okay, so I, I might actually leave this in because we just we each had two different references for what Paul is quoting in Romans, and it looks like both are right. What, what was yours, Jeremiah? Jeremiah thirty one, uh, thirty three, and through thirty four. In mine, no, thirty. Would... Sorry, thirty one through thirty four. My apologies. Okay, thirty one through thirty four. I'm right. I'm right in that. All right. And mine was Isaiah fifty nine twenty through twenty one. Yeah. <laughs> so. Both of those, Isaiah and Jeremiah, are new covenant language. All right, it is. It is not. I mean, he says explicitly in Jeremiah, it is not about the former covenant that was promised for the promised land. Right. Mm-hmm. This is a new covenant. This is the Messiah. This is Christ. This is Jesus, and that supports this idea that that the term Israel is being used as the new Israel. Yes, Israel with us as Gentiles grafted in with those Jews who accept Christ still on the vine, yes. and still there, and still remaining in him, and remaining in covenant with him. So I think both of those passages point to that interpretation of this kind of difficult passage. Oh, yeah. Well, This is new covenant <laughs> language. This is not, you know, this is not Old Testament covenant language. Yeah. Well, and so the deliverer will come from Zion. That's Jesus. Right. Okay, he's come from Zion. He will banish ungodliness from Jacob. Right there, not all Jews will enter. But looking at the banish, he will banish them. Sometimes they come back, looking at earlier in the chapter when he's talking about the olive tree, saying, just because, basically, don't become haughty because you have taken the place of this this dead branch, or of this branch that was pruned off, because you can be cut off, and how easy is it that a branch of the same tree can be grafted back into it? So, their banishment doesn't necessarily mean gone forever. Right. But he is going to get rid of all ungodliness from Jacob, from Israel. And this will be my covenant with them when I take away their sins, which that is what Christ has done. He has taken away our sins, put it upon himself. Now, we will see the, the full effect of that at the end of the age, but it has already happened through justification, sanctification, and then glorification to come. It's that salvation that we've talked about where I have been saved, I am being saved, and I will be saved. Yes, it is. Exactly. It is a lifelong process that completes when we are standing face-to-face with our Creator. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and it's, you know, an amazing thing to think about and something, you know, something that was said at church, and this is a little bit of a tangent, but it's fine, uh, something that was said at church this week during our community meditation where he said, I'm, I'm ready. Like, Jesus, I'm, come I'm just ready. <laughs> yeah. You know, I I think he, like us, and like a lot of us in our church, have felt these attacks just so intensely. For me, I can't speak for everybody, but for me, as intense as they've ever been, as overt as they've ever been, yeah. and now, again, another wave of them coming through. Over and and, and yeah. I think he expresses the same thing we do. It's like, all right, we're going we're gonna to keep moving forward, and we're going to keep trying to do what you've commanded us to do. <laughs> But we are tired, and we are ready for you to come back and to yeah. make things right. Um, I know that's where I am, because <laughs> I am tired yeah. and, and ready. And there's hope in Romans 11 right now, in, in, yes. that, in that little two verses that we just read that alluded back to Isaiah and Jeremiah. There's hope. There's hope. And not false hope, not blind hope. Mm. Hope that we know. Hope it's that a we, certainty. It's a certainty. Of things exactly. that are to come, yeah. <sighs> All right, cool. <laughs> Verse 28. As regards the gospel, they are enemies for your sake. But as regards election, they are beloved for the sake of their forefathers. So as regards the gospel, what is the gospel? It is, it's the news of Christ. It is Christ. He is the good news. So as regards the gospel, they are enemies for our sake. Why? God has hardened Israel's heart so that the time of the Gentiles for us to be entered into, grafted into the tree. That is for us. So they're, they were made enemies for a little while. They're enemies for a little while to Christ because they rejected him as Messiah. And because of that, they're his enemy. But as regards to the election through Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, God promised those three that Israel will be his chosen people. And so, because of that, they are still loved. Even their enemies, they're still loved. It shows God's unwavering commitment to His chosen people. Yes, unwavering commitment to His chosen people. I mean, if you read, if you read a little bit further in Jeremiah, which I kind of did just for a second while you, while you were reading Isaiah, it talks about how over and over again Israel rejected God and was fallen out of covenant with Him. Mm-hmm. 
And in that phrase, in that section talking about the new covenant, are still fallen out of covenant with him because they haven't accepted Christ. Yet he is still unwavering in his dedication, his love, his passion for his people. Yeah. Blows me away. Oh, how many how many friendships, just on a human level, how many friendships and relationships are ruined after one misdeed? Oh, yeah. After, after one mis- mess up. And, and by the way, if you are in a relationship with anybody for any length of time, they're gonna you're gonna fail them at some point, and vice versa. Like it's going to happen. It's going to happen. Yeah, <laughs> because that's just how we are. But how many relationships have been ruined after just one mistake, one mess up? And yet we are consistently failing God, and yet He yeah. still has a passion for His people and for those who who He's called. And that's such the cool part about covenant, as in, okay, if you truly know the meaning of the word covenant, it's not just a promise. It's not just a contract. A true covenant. In the Old Testament, you did not enter into lightly, because when you did, you took on the responsibility of not just your side, but the other side. So, if you entered into business with someone and you made a covenant with them, if they could not fulfill their side of the business, it was your side of the covenant to then take on theirs until they could come back. Same thing with God. God entered into a covenant with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He promised just all of Israel this through their forefathers. And as we see through the Old Testament, they fail over and over again. We see this, and no matter what, God takes on their side of the covenant because he is good to his word. The very next verse, 29, for the gifts and the calling of God are irrevocable, and God knows that. Yeah, and, and the word gift there, I mean, it's it's the countless promises he's made to his people, the countless blessings he's given to them, going all the way back to Abraham and Isaac, and the forefathers, and Jacob, and even to Noah and Adam and Eve. All the promises he made to Noah, all the promises he made to Adam and Eve, all the promises he made and the blessings he gave to them. I mean, you think about Adam and Eve, when they ate of that tree and ate that banana. uh, (laughs) It was a terrible joke. Hang on. (laughs) Where is it? There it is. Nope. Nope. There it is. Hey, there it is. I mean, they all worked. It's fine. They all worked. It's good. Anyway. But when they ate the fruit and they disobeyed, Immediately, what should have happened if things were fair and things had gone the way they are "quote unquote" supposed to go in a fair setting, right. they'd have been stru- st- struck down immediately and killed on the spot. And then, oh well, that's it. You know, restart or yeah. just well, that was a yeah, that didn't go the way I wanted it to, and, and I, you know, but that's not it. He yes, there was a, there were consequences. Yes, they they had they were banished from the, from the Garden of Eden. Yes, they had to put on clothes. Yes, they had pain in childbirth and and pain working the land and and had having to toil to work the land. But they were still alive. Yeah, they could still interact with God and their Creator, and and He was still their God. They were still His people. So all the way back to the beginning is what these gifts that what that image brings to mind. Yeah, just going to creation. The fact that we are still, by his mercy and his grace, not struck down the minute we disobey. Yep. Well, and we are benefiting from covenants that God made to other people. Yeah. Looking at Noah and the rainbow, he made a covenant with Noah saying, I will never flood the earth again, the whole earth. And he is holding truth to this day. So, as much as we deserve to be flooded, as much as we deserve it, <laughs> I'm ready for one. I don't know. Uh, take me home. Get I'm on ready. A boat. Oh, yeah. No, take me home first. <laughs> okay, that's fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, again, just this this idea, his gifts, his blessings, his promises are irrevocable. His calling is irrevocable. And, and again, this can get to be a little hairy. It can get a little controversial, ha- depending on how you interpret this, okay? You, you The calling of God is his summons that brought Israel into being, but it's not just a common call. It translates into an awareness, a rising in people called to faith of the presence of God and the responsibility to respond. There is a particular call of to faith in Christ through the call of the gospel. But God's gifts and his calling of Jews to faith in Christ remain in force and will not be revoked. So he is calling through the gospel to repentance and faith in Christ. And that call will not be revoked either. Yeah, That call will remain to the end of the age until he sets up his eternal kingdom with his people. New heaven, new earth, and new Jerusalem. So can we just go ahead and pencil that in for January 3rd at 7.01? Right now? Cool. 
Yeah. Can we just pencil that in? <laughs> just start that process right now. Right now. <laughs> Lord, I'm ready. <laughs> oh, man. And I, just real quick, I just want to say, too, we say that, and, and yes, we're serious. We are ready. We are tired. Yeah. We are ready. And I know just from these conversations I've had with people and, and just from the things I've heard and, and the things we've experienced the last few months, we all are. At least the ones in our circle, I think, are. So we say that with a little bit of levity. We say that with a lot of seriousness. But we also want to make sure we we don't forget that we still have a calling while we're here. We still have a job to do while we're here. We still have a war to fight, battles to wage while we're on this earth. And so we're not saying this in a way of, well, I'm just going to sit and wait for it to happen and be done because I'm tired. It's, okay, I'm going to keep pressing on, and I'm going to keep doing what you want me to do, and you've called me to do, and told me to do, but man, I'm ready for you to go ahead and say, well done, good and faithful servant, and you're done. I'm ready for that moment, too. Mm-hmm. Like, it's both, right? Yep. It's Paul's to live as Christ to die as gain. Yep. It's, yes, I know to die would be great, because I know where I'm going, I be with my father. and I'll be with my creator. I'm also not going to commit suicide to get there. Yep. Like, I'm going to still be on earth, and I'm going to do my best to draw closer to him and bring others with me. Well, and it's, I'm going to keep fighting for you, too. And and looking at it from that perspective as well of, okay, looking at yourself as a warrior, as a knight, do you want to enter heaven clad in armor that's shiny and dent-free and perfect, glistening? Or do you want to be able to arrive at the gate covered in blood of your proverbial of your spiritual enemies, enemies <laughs> but uh, scars and torn and your, your armor is falling off because you are... You have been in the heat of battle this entire time. And that's how I want to be. Yeah. But I also know that going along with dangerous prayers, I know what that is going to mean. And that's the part I'm, I'm tired of, as right. I am sure all of you are tired of. Of We are in the heat of battle, and we will be in the heat of battle until Christ comes, or until we draw our last breath. Right. And I'm, I'm ready for it, but again... I know I have a purpose and I have a job and I will continue to do that until I have no more breath in me. Yeah. I just thought it was very important to to make that clear that yeah. we aren't we're not saying don't give up and don't quit. Exactly. We're not saying let's give up, let's quit, let's lay our weapons down and and or lay on our weapons, however you want to look at it. That's not what we're talking about. It it's we are we are weary, we are tired. We are ready for his kingdom. We're ready for, to be with him and and to have no more tears and no more war and no more hurt, suffering and famine. But while we're here, let's get to work. Let's yeah. let's bring as many people with us as we can. So yeah, yeah. That's, that's, well, and that's realizing that. rabbit trail. <laughs> <laughs> if you're resting, uh, that's a hard one because um, God gives you respites. God gives you resting, but make sure you are not resting in the heat of battle because you will die. Yeah. And with that, Spir- spiritually, spiritually speaking, yeah, yeah. And maybe with, physically too, but but I think <laughs> yeah. typically we're talking. You don't want to stand here. still. You have yeah. to keep moving. Moving is life. And that is spiritually as well. Growth. You have to be growing. And with that as well, there is no retirement from the service. There is no retirement from the faith. If you think so, that's death as well. And so you can't. And anyway, yeah. Yeah. It it, it ends when you hear the ter- the words, the phrase, well done, good and faithful servant. Yeah. That's when it ends. Come enter into my father's rest. That That is when you can... Take that deep breath, feel the weight just completely come off your shoulders, and you're home. Like, this is it. This is your final destination. And uh, that is what we have to look forward to. I mean, it's it's something that I know words can't can't explain. <laughs> I mean, the people that we've lost this year and in these last couple of years that we know, that we know we're there. Yeah. And are just waiting for us mm-hmm. and just excited to share with us, I think, what, what they're doing and, yeah. and, and who they're with. Um, because I do believe... That there is recognition in having different roles, different, not necessarily the same roles, but we'll know each other, yeah. and we'll we'll know, we'll see our people, and and we'll uh, they're waiting on us. Probably, I remember when uh, when my stepdad passed away years ago. I think I was eleven, and uh, I I I don't have. I think he he is in heaven. I I, I can't say that I'm one hundred percent certain on on that. Um, just because I was eleven, <laughs> you know, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, there were a lot of things, a lot of demons he was facing. But I I remember my grandpa saying one time, just, hey, I could just picture him up there saying, hey, is it time to go get him yet? Hey, is it time? Hey, <laughs> let's go. Let's go get him. Let's go get him now. Yeah. You know, and, and I just, I kind of like, you know, maybe that's hokey or maybe that's a little, it's definitely not like in the Bible that not they're doing that. But, you, but like just this idea of yeah. 
there is something to be excited for when we get there. Yeah. And and people we're gonna get to see and, and specifically, most importantly, our creator. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, it, it's gonna be a good day and then a good forever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Where are we at? <laughs> Verse 30. Verse, Verse 30. 30. All right. All right. <laughs> For just as you were at one time disobedient to God, but now have received mercy because of their disobedience, so they too have now been disobedient in order that by the mercy shown to you, they also may now receive mercy. So, we were disobedient. The Gentiles, we were not included into that promise. But because of their disobedience, God has allowed us to enter. Because of their disobedience and the seeing of the mercy shown to the Gentiles at us, they will be allowed to be brought back. The mercy shown to you, they also may now receive. Right. And and because of the disobedience of the Jews and rejecting Jesus, we're able to accept Jesus. Exactly. Because yeah. of that rejection, we are that salvation is is there for us. And and our ability to accept him is there. And so he, you know, Paul's just, he's saying, you know, because you, Jews, rejected him, they, the Gentiles, can now receive him, and they will have mercy. And because they receive mercy, you will also receive mercy. Yes. So it, it's a both and, right? It's, it's, it's all according to God's plan. It, it is all worked out the way God has orchestrated it to work out. Yes. God is still in control. Now, this next part, this next part's a bit sticky. For God has consigned all to disobedience that he may have mercy on all. So, consigned. What does consigned mean? The The actual translation in Greek is sunklio, and it is to shut together, to enclose, or to shut in, to make subject. Or imprison. To, or imprison, yeah. yes. And it's, again, we are encapsulated by sin. It that It's it. We are, we are in sin. We are born into sin. We live in sin. So, we are consigned to disobedience. Disobedience is sin. And we are all enclosed in that. He uses that term again multiple times, but mm-hmm. once he used it in Galatians uh, 3, verse 23, he says, Now before faith came, we were held captive under the law. Same word, held captive under the law, imprisoned until the coming faith would be revealed. Yes. So say, same word used there in Ephesians as he did here in Romans 11. Sorry, Galatians. Yeah. Galatians, yeah. not Ephesians. So yeah, God allowed man to pursue his sinful inclinations so that he could receive glory by demonstrating his grace and mercy to disobedient sinners. Um, Oh, by the way, a lot of this I'm reading from commentary of like John MacArthur and stuff like that. Yeah. So I throw that out there. Well, so this verse can be used or is used by the universalists, by the Rob Bells of the theological realm that would like to say that love wins. And he wrote a book called Love Wins, Rob Bell did, where in the end, all are saved because love wins. Mm. And that's not the case. But they will use a verse like this, take it completely out of context and say, oh, he's going to have mercy on all. Yeah. Well, yes and no. Yeah, he has mercy on all of us, but not striking us down when we disobey. Like, that's common grace, right? We're Mm -hmm. allowed to live, even if we're living in disobedience or in unbelief. We're still allowed to live. Same way that we can all go to the Grand Canyon and stand in all of that creation, believers and unbelievers alike. Common grace, the ability to appreciate beauty, even as a non-believer. Yeah, beauty that God created. That's not. That's the grace and mercy that He has on all of us. But that's not what Paul's talking about here. He's not using it in that sense. He's right. using it as a sense of all those who believe and put their faith in Christ. Those who understand their sinfulness, understand that they are captive to sin, imprisoned by sin, engulfed by sin. And they accept Christ. He will have mercy on those people. Yeah. Well, and and the other hard part of that, because it leads into the discussion of the side who believes we have free will versus the side who does not believe we have free will. Or in the middle where we have free will on some things, but not everything. And there is evidence for both. Because you look earlier in the chapters where it says God hardened their hearts versus God kept a remnant. The 7,000 men and children, however many, 7,000, he did not allow to bend the knee to the bales. So, does that mean they had the free will to choose God, or did God choose them so that no matter what would happen, they would follow him? And the answer is, we don't know. It is all God's power and God's glory and justice, and it is his perfect will. We don't know. 
again, there's evidence for both. And for all we know, it could be both. Right. We have free will and we don't have free will. Right. I don't know. But yeah. looking at that of God has consigned us all to disobedience, that he may have mercy on all. And it's, he wants to have mercy on all. In previous scriptures we've read, it's, he desires all to be saved. But that doesn't mean all will be saved. Right. That's just, that's the facts. It's a beautiful mystery. It, it, yeah. Yeah, and, exactly. And it's, you know, we have touched on and dipped our toe into some waters that are that can be considered controversial within the <laughs> Christian faith, and, and we don't want that to be the focus here. Um, we're just trying to do this last section of Romans 11 justice. Yeah. And, 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 we're, and we're taking it at face value. Taking this it at face value it and, says. And, yeah. and trying to understand based on research and based on what how he's used the terms before and after and, you know, going through context and trying to figure out what, what, he's, what he's trying to tell us. And like Austin has said multiple times, we may not, we're not going to understand all of it. Free will, that's a tough subject, that's man. Tough there, there's subject. so much evidence on both sides where you can point to different things and say, yeah, no, that's, you know, we choose what we choose or, well, God chooses things for us or we, he chooses everything for us and we have no control. There's it's, so many, there's so many extremes <laughs> yeah. and there's middles and, yeah. and we just don't know. So I don't think we're going to get to heaven and God's going to say, oh, you believed in my total sovereignty. You were wrong. Get out. Yeah. I don't think he's going to say, oh, you believed in total free will. You're wrong. Get out. Like, that's not how this is going to work. It's yeah. not a salvation issue. So I, we say this so much because we don't want people to get mad. Yeah. This is not something to get mad over. It's something to wrestle with and to talk about and to think through and to form opinions and just base it all on scripture. That's what this is for. Yep. It is very healthy for strong believers to be able to discuss this, to discuss it, again, not argue it. Right. This is not an arguing topic. It's a great discussion topic. Anyway, so moving on. Yeah, verse 33. Oh, the depth of the riches and wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and how inscrutable his ways. I think that's such a perfect way to end this meaty it topic. It really is. Because again, it is bringing in election. It's bringing in predestination. It's bringing in free will, non-free will. And it's Paul summing it all up. Oh, the depths, the riches, the wisdom, the knowledge. How unsearchable are his judgments, inscrutable his ways. It's, you can't fathom this. I can't fathom this. God is God. Just take it. Yeah. I think what it does is it should point us to worship. That after we discuss these things, after we start wrap, trying to wrap our mind around these deeper theological ideas and deeper topics of the Bible, getting into the meat and getting off of the milk, it all should lead to worship. It shouldn't lead to frustration. It shouldn't lead to pulling your hair out. It shouldn't lead to stress. It should lead to, wow, you are huge. I can't fathom you. Yes. I don't know you the way I, like, I can't know you fully right now. Even the And fact I worship you. Like, it, it should thank just... Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. I can't understand this stuff. Yeah. So I, I do think that's kind of what Paul's doing, and, and he's, you know, he's alluding back, I think, to Job here, where he says, "For who has known the mind of the Lord, or who has mm -hmm. been his counselor, or who has given a gift to him that he might be repaid?" It's just a response of worship. Of yes. I can't fully wrap my mind around these things. You are too big for my mind. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> you are worthy of this worship. You are worthy of this praise. Thank you. Yeah. Well, and one thing I love so much about Paul is his understanding, standing in his use of scripture. So, verse 34 is Isaiah. Isaiah okay. chapter 40, verse 13. And then verse 35 is Job 41, 11. And again, just how well scripture works together throughout thousands of years. Just, it's amazing. It's it really amazing. is. And um, last verse here, for from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be glory forever. Amen. 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 Just, again, leading us to worship and leading us to realize our our frailty yeah. and our, our yeah. futility and just our attempts to fully understand and to have perfect knowledge of him and his word and his ideas and, and plans is just futile. Yeah. Because he's God and we most certainly are not. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, at least I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, no, right. no hey, I'm right <laughs> there with you. I, hey, yep. I've I take my cues from a guy like Matt Walsh when I say when I'm if I was theocratic fascist or a theocratic dictator, you know, people would put to death for small things, right? You know? Yeah, yeah. That that would be my <laughs> reign of terror <laughs> would not be oh, good. Man. 
No. <laughs> um, you know, we are on recording time, pushing it out. We're over an hour. So probably yeah. in uh, real time on the podcast, when this is all said and done, we'll be about 45, 50, 55 minutes. Yeah. Um, we're going to stop here. I know we said at the beginning, we lied to you a little bit. We said we'll get through Romans 12 we as well today. We just didn't know. We just didn't remember how much we needed to say about this. But was it predestined or was it not? Oh. oh. <laughs> Our plans. <laughs> Our plans. No, we didn't lie. We just, we thought we'd get through 12 and we just had good discussion on 11 and the yeah. rest of 11. And that's the p- beauty of doing this once a week is, is we can stop and restart and yeah. dive in you know, when we have time to really give it justice. Because if we started 12 today, we wouldn't give it justice and we'd be here for another two hours. And as much as I love you, I'm tired. <laughs> and you Amen, have a family brother. to go see. Amen, so, so I think we'll wrap up for 11, guys. I, I just, I, w- I hope you're encouraged by this, that that everything, no matter what side of this you come from, on a Reformed side or, or the Arminian side or Calvin, whatever labels you want to put on it, it doesn't matter. What matters is God's plan of salvation has been orchestrated throughout the begin throughout history from the beginning of time his plan was orchestrated and we're just being reminded of that constantly in Romans and and talking about how God is for his people and everything had to happen the way it did in order for us to receive salvation in order for us as non-Jews yeah to join in that covenant it had to happen the way it happened yeah and that's a glorious thing that's an right amazing time thing Christ died yeah and that's it yeah, yeah I love it so so we will be back next week. I think we'll do a topic next week, and we'll dive into Romans 12 in a couple weeks. Yep. Uh, we're going to discuss that here in a few minutes and kind of figure out where we're going next. And uh, I know in the next couple of weeks, Austin and I are going to sit down and really hammer out what we want to do this year. Yeah. yeah. Um, so we have we, a lot of... We have plans. We have dreams this year, and we're going to see what God and uh, you know, I know we And I know we say that a lot, yeah. and it seems like we just keep doing the same thing every week, and I understand that, but... We we keep having some stumbling blocks thrown in our way that that keep us from doing exactly what we want to do. Um, life just gets in the way at times to keep us from doing exactly what we want to do. But I promise you, we have ideas, we have thoughts, we have things we want to do. I want to get out of the industry I'm in. I want to do something else. I want this to be a part of that. So, like, I am committed. Austin's committed. Like, mm-hmm. we're we're in it. Well, we don't know. The- we don't know what it's going to look like for sure. But we just, you know, it's that side of. <laughs> desiring to go to Asia. And Jesus is saying, no, I don't want you to go to Asia. I want you to go talk to these people. Right. And we're like, all right, Lord, wh- whatever you want, we're we're ready. So, yeah. So for those of you who listened, thank you guys. We really appreciate it. Um, you can find us on Instagram, Facebook. Don't have a lot of action on social media going right now. Um, Sorry. That'll that. change eventually. But like I said, God willing, things just are going at God's pace, not ours. Is really what it boils down to. We want it to go faster, but it's not, and that's we have to be okay with that, and we are okay yeah, with that. Yeah, like it's we're we're gonna keep doing this because we love it, even if no one listens. Yeah, but no offense, this isn't just for you guys. This yeah. is for us. Yeah. So, <laughs> but we thank you guys again for listening, for supporting us. Um, we will see you all uh, next Wednesday. Uh, in the meantime, stay, stay rooted. rooted. See you guys next week. Thank you for listening to our show. If you enjoyed what you heard, like, subscribe, and leave a five-star review. You can find us on Apple, Google, or wherever else you listen to podcasts. Also, connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, at Rooted in Logos Pod, or even on our website, www.rootedinlogospod.com. And if you want to support us financially, visit us at patreon.com slash rootedinlogospod.